episode 98 sponsored by Maritime Madness. Today we got BFL champion Dean Kaiser, as well as Ontario Parabell MMA Lyndon Whitlock and Matt McGrath, the belt collector. Let's do it. How are you, folks? Hold on here. Great start. Hope everybody's doing great. My apologies. Having a little audio issues. I was trying to get it done before we went live. Anyway, welcome to episode 98. Thanks for joining us here at FLA Exposure. Episode 98, absolutely crazy. Hard to believe we started this when the quarantine kind of started here on the East Coast. And uh, man, we're still doing it. So hard to think. Um, but anyway, let's get a quick shout out to our sponsors there at Maritime Madness, located over on Prince Edward Island, made locally. Uh, over 30 different flavors to choose from. Obviously, of course, the makers of the One Chunk Challenge. So check them out online. Use the code FLA10. Save some money. And, of course, uh, get some free shipping in Canada. We have a fantastic episode here tonight for us, folks. Uh, three really talented martial artists who've been around this scene for a hell of a long time. Uh, guys that I've been following for a long time. Uh, we have a lot of up-and-comers on this show. But um, to grab three people of the Canadian scene who are such veterans with so much knowledge and also super successful as well, it's uh, it's going to be a treat. So I'm really looking forward to it. Um, so let's get into it. Uh, I've been kind of avoiding this uh, all day, truthfully, because it's out of all the people I've had on the podcast, it's arguably the hardest name to pronounce. Um, I probably practiced it like five times. I probably butchered it in the intro, but uh, I'm going to go with it. Uh, day and Kayak, uh, let's welcome them to the show. How are you, buddy? I'm good, brother. How are you, man? Close good. enough. Not too bad. I've well, People have butchered my name a little bit worse than you have, so I'll take it as is. <laughs> Awesome. Well, I appreciate that. Yeah, for real. I was sitting there like at least for an hour. I was like, I looked it up quite a few different videos on how many different people pronounce it a different way. But yeah, I appreciate that. Like you said, you're, you're probably used to it. But thanks again for joining us, man. You're a guy that, again, you know, tons of experience on the, on the scene here in Canada. And uh, we're really happy to have you. Appreciate it, man. Thank you, sir. Thanks for having me. Yeah, of course. You're, you're keeping busy. I see you've been training a little bit, uh, kind of getting back out there a little bit. Never stopped, I'll be honest. Nice. Man. Awesome. Yeah, I've been lucky during this quarantine. I had access to the gym. Um, I had access to a handful of people that we kind of knew who we socialized with and stuff like that. And then um mm -hmm. been training like a psychopath. I'll be honest, man. I work less. I had more time on my hands. So I've been averaging, no joke, two, three, sometimes four training sessions a day. Wow. So That's impressive. Staying ready. Good. Wow. Good. That's all. Well, that thing is like everybody's kind of – but everyone's in the same situation, but I did hear through the grapevine a little bit that BC could be the first one to come back. That, you know what? There's some rumors um, in September that they're going to have a couple of shows on happening and stuff. And obviously I'm mean, knowing all the promoters mm -hmm. more than I want to admit. So every yeah. week I, <laughs> I just keep telling them I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. Yeah. I'm ready. I'm ready. And yeah. they, when they don't answer my phone or like phone calls anymore, I know I'm annoying them, but I don't care. I'm ready, motivated, hungry. So I'm not getting younger. No. You know, I got, I got, I got about three, four years in the sport if I'm lucky. So I want to squeeze at least 15 more pro fights and then, you know, move on to the next chapter of my life. Wow, that's a lot of fights, man. Well, but but guys like you, like like you said, you're you're not getting any younger. But is there a certain goal? Like obviously, the goal at hand is you know the a. a ufc type bellator thing you you've been on record saying that before but is there another goal at mine too like obviously you've been super successful at bfl and other promotions too but is there other you know, goals in know, mind i mean like fight wise there is no other goals than reaching to the top organizations right mm -hmm. i mean i, I can't 
you know, if, if I'm not trying to for that, then what's the point, right? Yeah. As much as I want to be a local so hero, true. you know, I don't want to give up the best years of my life. Um, you know, you know, like damage, you know, head traumas, you know, all, all the stuff that comes with the sport, um, to be a local hero. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, I think bigger than that. If not, then, you know, retire. Cause like, let's be honest, there isn't too much money, um, in the local scene. Right. And the amount no. of times that you train and then, you know, the opponents only get harder. So I spend more and more money in my training camps. Yeah. You know, I try, I like to at least get a two weeks away from the city, where I could just eat, sleep, and train, you know. So you spend a thousand bucks on the plane ticket, hotel, renting a car, you know. It's like things yeah. add up, right? Two, three, four grand per training camp, and you and you're lucky if you make five grand a fight, right? Yeah. So you know you're you you're you're investing. You think like you know in investing and for potential. You know what I mean? So yeah, that's no, where that's, I'm at right now. That's true, and yeah, it's have you like again with the there's a lot of success coming out of obviously in Vancouver right now. You guys are such a tight group out there. It's uh, I kind of love seeing that. Like as a, as a fan of the sport, as a promoter, as a guy who trains too, um, training together. You know, like man, it, iron sharpens iron, right? Oh, a hundred percent. You know, you know, you know what though? Um, you know, we went through the phase of um. I don't want to say promoters put against us is promoters do what they do best. They take the local talented guys and, and, and we fight each other. Right. Yeah. But after a while, when you fought everybody um, and, 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 and it's hard to get training, can like, yeah. like, like training partners stuff, you know, we all kind of start calling each other and like, Hey man, like <laughs> I don't want to, you know, I, I'd rather gain a training partner for five years than get one fight out of you, you know? And then we yeah. kind of all just all bunch of gyms, um just started coming together and we kind of know like saturdays you go to this gym you're going to get good guys thursday you go here mm -hmm. monday wednesday mornings you go here you know what i mean so we kind of started getting a little routine and i pretty much go all over the city you know from revolution mma to check mat to mm -hmm. the sound um on guard bjj uh, with matt kwan like you know wkx with josh john c then they come to my gym at universal Man. um and then there's other gyms i'm probably forgetting about but you know we we, we all we all try to get better of each other yeah. so but what, what a like all everyone you just named obviously is an absolute like beauty and super high level athlete right and like man we on the east coast here we you know we're, we're getting there but we we're not obviously to the level of what the, the the west coast is and to me i look at even as a promoter right like you look at other promotions and you're like oh they're doing that or they're doing this and you can learn from one another right like i i, I look at it from my end the better any other promotion is going to do that's better for me right the, that's how the sport grows man every if every promotion could sell three thousand tickets be great Oh, 100%, you know, and, and, and like, and, and, and I like the, you know, you know, but, but don't get me wrong. We still like, for example, like me and Tristan, so funny because my guy fought his guy in one of the cards. We cornered against each other. And later on in the night, he was in my corner. Yeah. You know? yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, and, and we talk about it too. Like if, if it's amateurs, um, I don't mind because, because I trust him. You know what I mean? If I call him up, Hey, Hey, Tristan, I got a guy who's been fighting for a year and a half. He looks good on pads. I don't know. He could be the next big thing, or or mm -hmm. if he gets hit, he might curl away. Do you have anybody along the line say, "Hey, man, I got a guy who's been training for a couple of years. He's tough. He's not the most technical guy." So we kind of like talk with each other. We trust each other. You know yeah. what I mean? And then amateurs guy fight, and then we said as long as we don't put pro guys against each other, because I don't want 
my guy to have a step backwards and for your guy to go forward. So mm -hmm. pro guys, we kind of make sure they don't fight each other. But amateur guys, who cares? It's an amateur fight. It doesn't matter if you're 10 and 0, 0 and 10 as an amateur. When you go pro, it means nothing. Yeah. Right? So that's so true, man. Why why don't more people like it's almost like practice, really? That's, like, all, the, that, like, that, 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 that's all it is, man. It's, it's it's just practice and experience. And I and I always say, man, as long as it's an equal playing field. It doesn't matter. You know what I mean? If you tell me you got a guy yeah. who's been doing this much, because all of us, including myself in the amateur scene, you know, you get burned, right? You know, sure. promoters, promoters want fight. I'm not saying promoters lie. No, promoters, no, fuck yeah. I know exactly what you're saying. You know, you know what I mean? And the coaches yeah. lie, they exaggerate. At the end of the day, man, everybody looks after their own best interest yep. if they don't know you. Right. Mm -hmm. And 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 just because through those things we became such a tight community and we constantly talk, we we train and you know what I mean. My guys go to his it's 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 such a beautiful thing, man, right now it happening. Is. And as a result, I mean BC has never been more dominant. Yeah, very true. Yeah. And that that's so it's interesting, you know, because that's it's going against the grain of what the norm is, you know, like the old school, but Man, like again, work together, but do it in a respectful way. Like you're saying, you call one another. You're, you're amateur, like you say. It, it's and I'm not a fighter like yourself, but you know it doesn't necessarily matter. It's there to learn, get get experience, get time in the cage, you know, and learn, right? And man, if you can do that and respectfully between all gyms, understand that and grow, man. Yeah. And then you have a promoter on top of it. The big thing I think for us as a like as promoters, we, we train. You know, we're we've been involved in the sport forever, but also we listen. You know, like we we want coaches like yourself. You know, athletes and, and coaches. You want we want people to have fights that are, that are fair and also make make sense. Like, don't want we don't want fucking sandbaggers. Hundred percent. Well, like, it doesn't make the promotion credible. No, either, man, doesn't. Right? It makes it look bad. But I, but but you know what? Times are changing, man. Like all the, all the even even a bunch of other promoters that are coming in, they are ex fighters or 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 yeah. they're martial artists and stuff. And now they really understand the process that it takes to become a decent, not even a good fighter, a decent fighter, right? And 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 there's a lot more the connection between promoters and fighters as before. A promoter would just be a businessman. He doesn't care. He doesn't want to know mm. what you do or what it is. He just wants to put the shows in, have a handful of knockouts, get people drunk, and squeeze the money out of them, right? Yeah. As in right now, other promoters are kind of investing long-term. Like I always give BFL a lot of credit. Mm -hmm. um, Certainly. They really, like they, 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 they didn't, for example, for Cole, they didn't do any favors for Cole in the sense of like giving him easy fights or anything like that. But they definitely, their goal was, they want to get guys signed who belong up there. Mm. You know what I mean? And 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 they have such a close relationship. And Rise FC is 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 doing the same thing, but they have they haven't put 50 shows as, yeah. as BFL yeah. does and stuff. And yeah. and you really see promoters really getting that connection with the fighters and caring and 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 also in a polite way to say knowing their role. Yeah, you know what I mean. And, and BFL is like, hey, listen, we are a feeding ground. Yeah. and a building ground for you guys to go to the next level. We're not totally. the UFC. We're not trying to be the UFC. We just want to be right underneath them for you, for the next steps for you guys to go up there. So once mm -hmm. they understand their role, then they know what to what to do with you as a fighter, which is to build you up, get you the right fights, get you the right opponents, mm -hmm. and, and not saying in my favor. I'm just saying the right matchup and stuff like that. You know, if I beat 10 guys who are 0-10, I'm not getting signed up. So they find that middle ground. Uh, where the, it's exciting, it's matchable. People want to see it, and 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 
And then those good fights make enough noise or people such as yourself, they hear of me, hear yeah. of Cole, hear of Tristan, and, you know, and hopefully, uh, you know, echoes and we, we, we get noticed by bigger promotions and we get the phone call. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's bang on dude, because knowing your lane, knowing your role, you know, like at the end of the day, like that's, I think a lot of promotions don't understand that. Like you're not, you can't compete with the UFC. So get like, you're not going to compete with them ever. You know, no. and, and I, I personally don't think anyone ever will. Like, they're just so big, man. Like, I don't like the name UFC is so yeah. ingrained in people's head, right? And if you can, like, be like an LFA, like, what a beautiful thing. You know, it's just like, a, like you say, a feeder, right? And same as BFL or TKO or Cage Warriors or any of these promotions, right? Like, it's 100%. It's uh, super smart. And that's the way we look at it, too. We're just here to build athletes and put on good shows consistently. Like that's, that's the, it. like consistent, like three, four events a year. And go from there, huh? That's it. <laughs> if, if, and then goddamn COVID hit. Yeah. <laughs> so I know. You know, I know all man. about it. I know. But you know, you know, you know what? Like, like for, for that time, I was kind of happy. I, like I say, man, I, I, I took some time off to heal the body and, and just add new tools and sharpen new tools. Right. My, my approach to training right now is it would shock you how little I spar and salt technique and timing and drilling and drilling and drilling right if i'm if i'm going to expect myself to do three to six hours a day it has to be skill building yeah. timing and stuff not not body breaking down right and 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 i always say it's good to have those couple of those gym wars if you're an amateur guy it's good to get your ball rung in the ring in in um in the gym it's good to have those hard knockouts and 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 hard sparring session but after you had three five ten pro fights mm. You know, there's you don't need to be toughened up anymore. You know what I mean? And 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 I always say, man, in if everybody ever describes you as a tough fighter, or you know what I mean, it's an insult. You know what I mean? If in in a sport that requires so much skill, and they they, they require and they all they describe you as tough, I'm like it's an insult. It's like me telling you, oh, how's that fighter? He's tall. Yeah. Well, it's, a, it's 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 a it's True. a given thing to be tough. You know what I mean? So so that means of all the skills. They they describe you by natural giving talent of of toughness, right? And and it's it's an insult, you know. Um, like so, that. so that's why I tell fighters, man, like like the, the 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 outside of your shell should be skills supported by toughness, not being toughness and you're and you have a little bit of skills inside it, right? So that's how I look at it. Very cool. I like that. I never heard that before. That's a that's very interesting and very true. Um, huh. It's I'm, again going back like. Some provinces in Canada don't even allow amateur, which is crazy. I think in Ontario right now, I, I don't know if I'm, if I'm correct on that, but I'm pretty sure they can't do like an amateur show or a pro-am show together. But it's like here in Nova Scotia, our amateur rules. So check this out. If you're on the ground in amateur, you can't punch. At all. At all. At all. But if you're an amateur and you have over three fights, you can yeah, so it's like a gradual learning curve, but it's also like it's really good for jujitsu. But you 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 can kick in the head. That's the <laughs> that's the that's that's the thing that I have kind of I I don't get it as an amateur. You have four ounce or six ounce gloves, amateur yeah. ones that you can shin kick to the yeah. face standing up. But then, but and 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 you can break the guy's arm and you can do all that stuff. And and I I mean, but it's 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 tough, man. It's it's you you wanna. Exp you want to see who belongs there an amateur level and 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 you want to put them in some sort of harm and is that constant struggle of how much harm 
Yeah. Right. And 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 what it is, if if you baby them too much, then they turn pro. You know, are you setting them up for failure? But if you give them too much damage in an amateur, are they leaving their best years of their career in an amateur circuit? Yeah. And then when they so you know what I mean? And 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 I think every situation is different. And and given the experience of the fighter and the coaches, everybody's gonna have a different opinion um of, of how to approach the sport. And 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 I think that's why this is gonna be a constant struggle. Like same with same with judging fights. I always say if I land 10 jabs on you, right, and then you hit me once with the right hand and break my nose, well, who won the fight? Are yeah. we scoring the point system? Because I landed more points, or are we scoring the damage? You landed one punch but broke my nose. So so who won the fight? Ten jabs moving around, pop, 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 or are you just eating them and throwing a big overhand yeah. and give me a black eye and breaking my nose? It's so subjective. That's the thing, man. Like, is it ever is it gonna get to the point where it's gonna be like a robot, like an electronic scoring system to make like who who fucking knows, man? Because it's it's really hard. And I know baseball, other sports struggle with that too. Yeah. Like but I but I but I say at the end of the day, who cares? Like like yeah, like like as humans, if you're flaw by nature, we're, we're, we're flaw in, in, in many aspects. You can't build a perfect system with flaws, people. You know what I mean? Because yeah. it, we vary with with our opinions so much in, in every aspect from our experience, how we see things, what, what, what we think is important and stuff like that. There just has to be certain acceptance of flaw. Yeah. It, because it's that's just because you're right like at, at, like at that judge is sitting there he could be he could have saw a different fight earlier the night a move that he never saw before and then it happened again and, and it's fresh and he judged it based on that it's everything like you say is very true like you if you can just let it go and be like it fucking is what it is like there's no way to perfect this it's like it's, yeah you know and, and you're gonna get burned and you're gonna get you know like i say man like like fight career is a marathon not a sprint, right? One fight doesn't make you a champion, and one loss doesn't mean you suck. You know what yeah. I mean? So, 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 so over over course of time, your real nature or you who are as a fighter is going to show. You know what I mean? I always I use myself as an example in the beginning. You know, I I I had like three, four unlucky losses where I, I lost a couple of split decisions that I thought they were brutally unfair. Mm -hmm. Um, going to other people's hometowns, yeah. being the main event and stuff, and then couple of injuries and couple of unlucky stuff. And I view myself that I should be like a, you know, 15, 16 and three, but I'm 12 and seven. You know what I mean? So I, I, I could have retired as a 500 fighter or I could have been like, Hey man, I know I'm good. You know yeah. what I mean? I, I, I always say out of 10 fights, one fight is going to be weird. One fight you're going to get unlucky. And you know what I mean? So out of those 10 fights, something's going to go sour somewhere. Right. And and that's just the reality of nature. When you have so many uncontrolled circumstances, you roll the dice enough times, you won't go in your favor. Right. But you know, if you if you flip the coin to it enough times, the odds are 50-50, and that's gonna show. So if you're good, you can't get unlucky every single time. Just yeah. shut the fuck up and go forward. There you go, folks. And that's with four that's like that's good advice, man, because like you just said, you came back and you strung off four straight wins too. So yeah. it's like you say, you could have said, fuck it and just retire and like whatever, but you came back in four straight wins. And I, I wanted to get into this too, you know, before uh, we run out of time, you were supposed to fight. You've had a few canceled fights in your career. You're supposed to fight February 8th, actually the day our event, um, the same day as ours. You guys had some issues there with that fight. Is there, is that fight something that's going to happen in the future or is there another fight that's kind of, <sighs> you know, you know, you know, you know what, here, here's my biggest fear. Um, when I, 
is fights not happening, mm. right? And like I say, man, six months for me, I'm, I'm turning 36 soon. And let's be honest, right? On paper, I'm, I'm an old fighter, mm. right? Which means, which means an organization wants to invest in me mm-hmm. and they want to feed me. You know what I mean? To as a meat grinder and a, hey man, I got this veteran who's yeah. good. I have this new superstar. So let's see if it's the real deal. And they're going to throw me in. And that's just the reality of it. And I accept our role and I, and I can't wait for our role. So, you know right. what I mean? So, so I, and, 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 and let's be honest, right? It, it is what it is, right? You know, they rather invest to a 26 year old fighter than a 35, 36 year old. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so the, the fight that happened, that didn't happen. I'm, I want it badly um personally but the fear of because the, my my opponent had 19 cancellations yes man, a he's, lot. he's six and one or five and one with 19 cancellations so i want it but i'm afraid of something happening again you know what mm. i mean because clearly he's not able to overcome certain mental um things that don't go his way so as a result he pulls out of fights Right. And I'm not saying every time it's his fault. No, I'm not no, sure. No, sure. You, you know what I'm trying to say? But pattern is a pattern for whatever reason. If he's if he's really unlucky or if he's mentally weak, I don't know which one it is, but I don't care. You know what I mean? At that point, I want to I'm, I'm looking out for myself and I want to make sure the fight happens. So I'm, I'm, I'm entertaining the idea out of desperation. <laughs> you know, if I can get a fight and that's the only one, I'll fucking take it. Um, but if I have other options and I see a guy who never, you know, shows up, well, I'm going to go with the guy that shows up. Yeah. Every time. Yeah. Well, that makes sense. Better for your career. It's a, you know, it's a, when it's a hundred percent thing. And it's, it's, it's interesting you say that right now because there are so many people looking for fights. It's, it's the amount of people pro amateur, very experienced like yourself. It's the, the market is wide open for really high level fights in this country right now. So as soon as we can back to doing events, I think it's, I think it's going to be great for every promotion good for MMA in general, because everybody's kind of ready to fire back up. Not everybody maybe, but I think most people are. And, and I the think real guys gonna, are like, yeah. put it this way, the, 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 the real hungry ones. Um, and, and this has kind of showed you who really wanted it. Right. Um, it's easy to, to be motivated when you have a fight coming up. Yeah. Right. You know yeah. what I mean? And but but if you have no fights coming up or you have nothing in the horizon and you have no idea w- what's going to come up next, could be two months, three months, six months, maybe even a year. And it really shows the passion, love for the sport. Right. I mean, I don't, I don't need to be motivated for a fight. Yeah. You know, martial arts, I always say it's my tool to better myself. Um, so I go in the gym and I and, and that's what I do. That's my tool that I'm a best version of myself. So as a result, no fight is needed for me to be in the gym 24 hours a day. It's what I want to do. It's what I will do. And it's, it's will vibrates within me every time I'm in the gym. Right. So I'm there all the time training. Pure martial artist, brother. I love that. I, I got to ask you here a moment before we uh, get going. I spent last year, I was over in Croatia and uh, in Bosnia, Herzegovina. Yeah. What a beautiful place. Wow. Absolutely blown away i couldn't i couldn't get over it and then went down into montenegro uh yeah. what's so what uh what's kind of your background there if you don't mind me asking get um, n- nothing I'm, I'm half serving up croatian um i was born in bosnia and you know grew up in the war during the 90s and stuff like that um uh born and raised there uh we we immigrated to canada in the mid 90s um and you know I, I still go back home all my family's there um I was there this summer. I, I did a couple of seminars and a couple of gyms and stuff like that. And there's a little bit of that um, childhood dream. I want to, you know, have a couple of fights, hopefully in Bellator, 1FC, UFC, 
put on my resume, um, go back home by Mediterranean Sea and open up a little gym there. That's kind that, of that's very cool, man. It's it's an incredible place, very special, special people, beautiful people, like very humble and welcoming. And like I was just blown away, man, by the whole yeah. experience over there. And I think like if anybody hasn't, you know, in especially like you say, the war in the 90s, and now to go from that to, to the way it is today, it's it's quite yeah, a remarkable man. transition. Yeah, and, and and I tell everybody, man, I'm 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 I'm, I'm living the Canadian dream, man. I'm, I I tell people I, I won a life lottery. There's eight billion people in Vancouver. Not only do only one of the greatest countries in the world, living one of the best cities in the world. There's four million people in Vancouver. Four million and yeah. eight billion in the world. The odds of me landing in Vancouver is literally a life lottery. Yeah. Well, in, in if you, if you do the mathematics right, so I tell them all, man, I I I, I won. I won in life. That's yeah, awesome. I, I love so. hearing that, dude. And, you know, I, I struggle some days myself with being, you know, positive or whatever. And I think, you know, I, I look up to a lot of, you know, guys like yourself and Lyndon and, and Matt that we have on the show, people that can keep positive and, and keep leading in our community in a good way, man. So keep doing what you're doing. Uh, keep being a positive role model. And uh, hopefully we'll see you on a, on a, UFC, Bellator, or if not a local card in the in the very near future, my hey, man. man. I got I got four years left to me. Either way, I'm keep fighting. So wherever it is, man, I'll be showing up. And I appreciate you taking the time and reaching out to me, man. It means more than you think. Of course, no. It's, and if anything, you know, let's keep in touch. I'd love to kind of pick your brain a little bit again, man. You guys are all positive people out there, and I could use it some more. So lots Anytime, of love sir. to you, buddy. Thank you, sir. Awesome. Okay. Talk Chat to you guys soon. There you go, folks. Dan Kayak, folks. Uh, I. Great guy. I'm going to bring him on. Uh, so we're running a little bit behind here, folks. My apologies on that. We had some audio issues, so we're going to get into our second guest here. Uh, we're going to bring him on. Uh, a coach here at Parabellum MMA up in uh, Oakville, Ontario. Uh, an ex-pro MMA fighter with a record of 10 and 5. Spent a lot of time out here on the East Coast. He's fought a lot here. Uh, obviously now involved as a coach and other end of things. Uh, he's a very positive uh, athlete, coach, involved in motivational speaking, also involved in, you know, like, kids um working with youth around the area and all that kind of stuff and uh a guy that myself as a promoter and fan of the sport and when i first started training he's a guy that i kind of first noticed uh in the score fighting series and i was kind of a fan of him ever since then so uh let's bring him on mr Lyndon whitlock how are you sir i'm good buddy how are you awesome man awesome thanks so much for joining us really appreciate it oh, my pleasure thanks for having me yeah, it's true. It's uh no, no, I appreciate it. Like I said, it's I've been a fan of you for a while. It's I I followed you for a while. Uh man, like like I said, back to the score fighting days and uh how you've been doing with this whole COVID thing. I know you guys are kind of just getting back to training now, but uh, it's been a little stressful, but uh I think with the the main pros, the pros that are hungry, like you guys were just talking about, we kind of plugged yeah. away the whole time, made sure we got our, our work in and uh try to be remotely responsible, I guess. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, really. Hey, eh? and that's the thing. Like you're obviously up in Ontario, where it's uh, uh, the population is a little bit different than down here. It's yeah. like it's is it toning down a little bit up there? Or? Um, y yes and no. It's pretty low key here. Uh, a lot of it's been politicized. That, yeah. Uh, you know, our cases aren't super high. Um, the restrictions a little bit. I feel overwarranted, but um, I agree, hundred percent. But we're in the situation we are, and we're trying to make the best of it. And we got some guys coming up with fights, so you know we're looking forward to that. Yeah, it's but it's 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 interesting, man, because it's like you say that like the 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 politics involved with it, and it's fucked. Like because 
you have such an amazing community like you go to parabellum and in such an, a great tight-knit community of people and when that's taken away from you it's just like without any explanation really you know yeah. it's just like how how does this happen and how do you go from that yep well there's nothing you can do right so you just every day just try to relax and you know, hopefully <laughs> things get better like, there's really nothing you can do just sit around and hope for the best yeah um, but, yeah. but working with the pro still like we I, I still train with them about two three hours a day uh, nice. so you know there, there is some sort of focus going on with them which is uh keeping me balanced and happy yeah it gives you at least a few hours either you know to focus on that whereas normally you're probably 12 hours a day oh geez yeah some days you know some days maybe four hours some days maybe 12 some yeah. weeks maybe no days off some weeks maybe two days off so it really depends on what's going on yeah but, you guys uh, uh, uh oh sorry go ahead oh no I was just saying, i'm looking forward to the guys coming up i leave on tuesday uh, we have AJ fighting in Miami. Uh, Josh is fighting in Bellator um, the week after that, and then Romero is fighting in Dana White Contender Series the week after that. Nice. So things are exciting. Busy. Yeah, yeah, that that's it, man. Get you back on the road and get you. I always follow your guys' stories too. You like I, I had uh, I was talking to Rory about it on here before too, and like you guys keep it light, man. Anywhere you're at, like you're you're always doing fun shit. Like after the event or. You know just enjoying the process whether you win or lose and i think that's such a commendable thing man i love that yeah i think it takes some time i think it takes a little bit of maturity to understand that it is a journey we can't really um you know we can prepare to win we can do our best to win but we can't really control the outcome and worrying and stressing about it usually leads to a worse result so if we're all there we're all friends and we're all enjoying the uh the journey together i tend to find we have better outcomes yeah yeah that's it well so much of this game i guess is mental eh yeah <laughs> Yeah. most of it unfortunately yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, let, let's get back into your pro days man like do you miss it at all I'm sure you do um yeah of course like there's a there's a component I really miss uh, life's a little more stable now yeah. and I'm not in training camp all the time and like you know it's feast and famine when you're fighting so I have a little bit more stability um, so there's definitely aspects I really do miss about it uh, I've kind of taken up rock climbing too so that kind of fills oh, nice. a little bit of void I, I still travel and uh, train with the guys a lot. So, you know, I, I got a good balance right now. I'm happy with where life is. Nice. I'm glad to hear that, man. It's that's what's a, like this sport consumes so much of your goddamn mind at, at points. And like, yeah. I, I'm from like, I, I'm brown belt. And I just train, but obviously from the promotion aspect, it fucking it controls a lot of your mind. And I would yeah. assume it's somewhat similar, maybe not to the a, aspect of a pro fighter, but like it's because you're eating, you know, everything for a fighter is based around that whole career, right? And it's yeah, it's interesting to hear that because like you have to fill that void, but it's like fuck, what do I do? Like what 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 do I do? And rock yeah. climbing is that something that uh, do you find the same kind of challenges or is it? I oddly enough find rock climbing a lot like jujitsu. There's a lot of similarities between the <laughs> two, um, so it helps with both sports. Both sports kind of translate back, translate back and forth. Uh, but the, the mental side is a lot like fighting, you know, there's, there's guys that technically can do a lot of good climbs, but when they get there and do it live, like, so when you lead climb, you take the rope from the ground and you go up the wall. Yeah. So yeah. Okay. If you mess up there, there is a potential for risk. So you see guys that can literally do the climb, no problem. But as soon as they start lead climbing, they mess up because of the fear and the anxiety of it. So there's, there's a component hmm. of that where you just gotta like lower your heart rate, think about what you're doing, you know, you can do it and just get it done. Very cool. So obviously you have some good advantages that comes from obviously MMA. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. Do you still compete in jujitsu? I think you guys, obviously, man, you guys do a hell of an event up there, the quintet. And then uh, I, there's a wrestling one. Uh, I don't know what that, what was that one called? The wrestling one. It's, it's uh, the quintet. Uh, it would just be a subsection of the quintet, but it was still, yeah. uh, the same event. Beautiful. Yeah. Competed, yeah they, Rory's done a very good job with them. Uh, I know it's a lot of work and it's a bit of a pain in the ass to organize that stuff, and, <laughs> as you would know. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I've done two of those events, um, and I plan to do more when nice. we get back to some sort of normal life here. I hear you, man. <laughs> I saw MFL put on an event last night and looked like it was in the middle of the woods, though, man. But I'm, I'm oh, proud that was of hilarious. Football. I was talking to Josh Mess. I'm like, how did the guys do? And he said it was great. They were in the woods. Like I thought he meant the building was in the woods, like in the middle of nowhere. And then I see the picture Chris Prickett posted. It was literally in the middle of the woods. <laughs> it legit so was in the middle of the fucking woods, yeah. dude. Yeah. Good old yeah. Maz. Good for him, man, for pulling it off. Because oh, absolutely. Yep. at the end of the day, dude, like it's like people can say what they want, but people need fights. So yep. whatever. People need to keep going and grinding. So hopefully you can keep pulling them off and you know, it's out here. If we if we did that, they'll, they'll just pull our license. So it's a little bit. Oh, Ontario would do the same thing too. Yeah. Uh, there's no doubt about that. Uh, lucky for us, it's like the low level MMA guys. I don't mean to say low level the sense skill set, but the guys yeah. just coming up are really going to yeah. suffer. You know, the Joshes, the AJs, the guys that got it kind of a name are going to be able to get fights. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's and that's good. It's that's what I'm always confused about. I'm like, wait a minute. So athletes can go to another country and come back. But we can't put fights on in our own country. Like, fuck, think yeah. about this. Like, think I about know. what you're saying. Like, fuck, I don't understand it. Anyway, I'm done trying to understand it. That's for sure. Yeah, it's that's, like you said, <laughs> there's no it logic go, behind man. it. No, there yeah. definitely is. I got to ask you about fighting out east here, man. Uh, you, you obviously know our, our next guest, probably a little bit, Matt McGrath, uh, for yep. fighting out here a little bit. Um, what was your experience fighting out here, man? Like, those were the, the damn good days out here. And not that they're not good days now, but. Those are the original days, you know, when Peter started East Coast Combat and, and Elite yep. One does a great job out here too. And and what was it like, your experience coming out and being part of that? I always enjoy fighting out there. Um, Peter did a good, good job at the show. Yeah. The fans were always great. Um, never had any problem with my opponents. I always had a good time uh, and tried to put in a good show. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's interesting, man. I'm glad to hear that because it's back then, like when those those were some big shows too. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah, they, wild they did a great job. Yeah, lots of good names too. Yeah. Um, funny enough, the only time I thought I found the same card as Matt McGrath, maybe I'm wrong, I think was in Ontario. Never on the East Coast. Oh, interesting. Which card, yeah. I wonder? I can't remember. I just have a feeling that we're on the same card. Nothing's uh, ringing a yeah. bell here, but I, I remember should know that. that. Jamie, yeah, Jamie, well, I, pull that up. Pull that up. Jamie. I probably should too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, it's it. It's like I'm sure for you guys, it's a blur at some points. You're not really focused on that kind of stuff, but yeah. it's. Did, did you fight in Palookas? When, I'm pretty sure you fought in Palookas out here, like when it was like there was fans up above you looking down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was a cool venue. Man, what a um, beautiful venue. I think that was Ryan Connors maybe. Yeah, that's right. That's right. And maybe maybe Gavin Tucker, which he had a great fight last night. He looked good. Yeah, I wanted to ask you about that. Yeah, it's yeah. Uh, because obviously you're tight with Malat up there, you know, so it's like yeah. it's kind of a little bit intertwined, I guess, because Malat spent a lot of time out here. Um, what did you think about Gavin's fight? Like he's obviously progressing in, in a in a real the right way, man. Looked great. I think it was a great fight. Besides getting caught that uppercut, uh, that was a beating. That guy yeah. was just super tough, and Gavin, uh, you know, outstruck him, out wrestled him, and put him with the uh, rear naked choke. He looked great. 
Yeah, he really did. I'm really happy for him. I, I guess I haven't spoke to him a lot recently, but I'm pretty sure he's been on two weeks notice now for like a good four months. Yeah. Of, like waiting for a fight. So, you know, it's got to feel good, I'm sure. Yeah, for sure. And get a good win like that. Like he, he yeah. dominated. It was one sided. Yeah, it really was. I, and I, man, like Gavin said, that guy hits with bricks, but he, obviously that guy hit, he, he fought at 170 pounds. It's hard to believe. You said that was obviously the first time he fought at 145. But, yeah. you know, man, that's a tough cut. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm, I'm happy for him. It's good for him. Oh, He's uh, having the success great. he deserves. Yeah, it's it's very good. It's great for Canadian MMA. The more stars we can get out, and the better, right? That's that's what's important, and kind of get back to the the glory days, I guess. If we can. yeah, for sure. Well, Canada's a lot of good fighters. It's just getting the uh, the exposure and the events, everything going. Yeah, you know, it's not for lack of talent. No, definitely not. Definitely, and female talent too. There's, you know, like obviously J Jasmine. She's down there in uh, Niagara, I believe, with Chris, right? Yeah. But so the the two. Our gyms, uh, Paradigm and Niagara Top Team, coexist. They work together. Uh, a lot of the classes I'm running right now are out there, and Chris comes down to our gym and runs classes. Um, so, yeah, we have a very tight, tight uh, community with them. Yeah, I love that. I think it's well, it just makes the room better. Obviously, yep. is any other uh, up and coming females? No, we have uh, a couple girls, but nothing like Jazz is probably the closest one getting signed and yeah. uh, has the most potential right now. Um, yeah. So she's got a big fight next week, and hopefully she does well. Yeah, yeah, that's good. She she seems like she's doing all the right things. You know, so again, when you surround yourself with the right people, I think you know, and you're, if you're willing to put in the work, obviously that's half the battle. But um, I wanted to ask you again, like before we kind of something about like Hamilton. Obviously, Hamilton is a man like there's a lot of talent that's came out of hamilton and there's a lot of really great gyms still there uh is that like how did you get into martial arts is that was that a big part of it like growing up in hamilton or like just being around those play like those gyms or how'd you get into martial arts um i got into martial arts pretty late i met a friend uh he's a friend now but there was a guy that came to my high school and taught jiu-jitsu i think when i was like 14. Oh, nice. so i went and trained with him for a year or so um and then you know kind of just was an idiot kid for a bit and then came <laughs> back to training i started training i think when i was 23 or 24. so i had a, a late start in martial arts um but hamilton is a, a place that breeds fighters it's uh mm. i don't want to say it's a rough city but it's a little rough around the edges mm. um you know if you're looking for trouble in hamilton you can find it if you're looking to have a civil time you can have that too so our gym's out in oakville it's a little bit of a more upscale city and yeah. if i had to pick a place for a fight gym it wouldn't be oakville yeah really? for a place for a place for a business absolutely but not for a fight gym yeah. so hamilton uh would be that place if i had to pick yeah that's true that's very interesting because oakville's you know almost like the the su suburbia like pretty well wealthy kind of area if correct yeah. me if i'm wrong right and yeah absolutely yep. Yep. hamilton's uh the steel city man yep there's something about uh, lower income, people have a little mm. bit of rougher childhoods that produce good fighters. It's like you can look back in history, it's always been the case. Yeah, yeah, it's, it is interesting. I And I, this is kind of off topic and it has nothing to do with fighting, but I read the the Tim Hortons, uh, the owner of Tim Hortons, Ron Joyce. He's yeah. uh, originally from, I think he, his family's out here originally, but no, I, I no, he's originally from Hamilton. Is that right? Uh, I don't know if he was born in Hamilton. The first Tim Hortons is in Hamilton. Yeah. Obviously, um, I didn't fucking pay attention when I read the book. But I didn't pay attention to My dad used to work for Ron Joyce, and he would tell me all about it, and I don't know. Yeah. Too. Yeah. That's, so is it still there? No. 
Uh, yeah, yep. Yeah. It's like four blocks from me here. Neat. So cool. they've renovated and it's all up to date and stuff. But yeah, it's still there. I don't think we'll ever get rid of it now. It's part of kind of Hamilton history. Totally. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Interesting. Cool. Um, yeah. So did you get to do any boat like traveling when you were out here, or, or check out the like city or any of that kind of stuff? Uh, Halifax. We spent uh, every time we went down there, we'd spend three or four days after and. You know, drink in every bar around the city and have a good time. <laughs> Cause a ruckus. Go to the go to the dome, then the palace. Oh, of course, of course, yeah. yeah. But I yeah. really like Halifax. It's a beautiful city. It is a great um, city. It's changed a little bit, but naturally, every city kind of does, right? Mm -hmm. uh, next year, I think we have a wedding out there. Adrian Velaka used to be a professional fighter. He's having his wedding out there, so we'll be heading back. Oh, nice, awesome, cool. Yeah. Well, maybe we can line something up, like a seminar or oh, something sure. when you come out. Or oh yeah, that'd, that'd be, be awesome. Cool. Yeah, that'd be neat. Yeah. Awesome, cool. Um, for motivational speaking, you know, that's something and like just giving back to your community, giving back to kids like, uh, you know, it's for me, it's it's massively important in life just to be good to one another, good to future generations, you know, especially kids involved in martial arts or, or people like I always say, like when people why like why do you talk to those people not that anyone says it but it's like well no one's just banging down your door trying to come to jujitsu and get sweat on or choked out yeah. so when yeah. people walk in you should be as nice as you can and that's like the approach my coach is jason or jared rorson and jared fucking christ excuse my language <laughs> uh jared mcintosh and jason rorson my coaches that's a, yeah. kind of what they always instilled in me right like just be a good a kind person and and uh is that is that what's kind of got you into that um, no, you know, I, I got a kind of funny personality that way. I, I think at times you need to pick people up and really support them, help them out. And I think there's also a time where you got to tell people to stop being an idiot, you know, yeah. be a man or be a, a good positive role model, whatever. Right. So, you know, I'm kind of on that fence there, but you know, I don't train by bad until I've been shown that I should, Yeah. you know, yeah. But this is yeah. a, this is a tough sport and I think people need some empathy in some areas and I think sometimes they need to be kicking the ass too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I agree. I think the world sometimes it's it's a, not. I I don't think the world's become soft. I think it's become a little misunderstood. People are a little confused on, on things. Like my my brother's a lawyer, and he always says to me, he's like he's a criminal lawyer. In when he probably five years ago, he said to me one time, he said, "Buddy, everybody's an asshole until they prove me wrong." Yeah, and that's the way he's like. I've seen so much bad stuff. That's the way it is for me, right? And and I'm yeah. not kind of always that way, but. You know, I'm the opposite, really. Like everybody, I'm kind of like, oh, they're definitely a good person, but somewhat a little bit, uh, a little bit naive, I guess. Yeah. Well, I kind of take a different approach than both of you there. I think everybody starts at zero. You're not negative. You're not positive. You start at zero. Mm -hmm. And your actions dictate where you go. So mm -hmm. I, I think that's been the, for me, the healthiest approach. Because even owning a gym, you get guys coming all the time like, I sure. want to be the next UFC star. Sure you do. Yeah. Everybody <laughs> wants to be the next UFC star. But you got ten years of work ahead of you, so show me the work, and I'll support what you want to do. Like, I'm not going to lead your career. I'm going to support your career as much as you support your career. Yeah. Yeah. Put the work in and I'll be right here beside you every step of the way. And Yeah. And uh, I think that's a pretty healthy way to approach any relationship in life. You know, I'm going to meet you. Um, and sometimes I'll, I'll lead if you if I feel like leading's uh going to help you get along. But, you know, you can't be too optimistic and you can't be too pessimistic at the same time. Yeah. That, that's, yeah. It's because it, someone said to me last week, they said kind of the same thing. You know, you can't. You can't, the most peace you'll ever have is don't live in the past, don't yep. live in the future, live in the present, and you'll yep. always be at peace, you know, Absolutely. because at the end of the day, you can't change the past, you can't change anything about the future, so just be present, man, and, and it was kind of pretty powerful to me, actually. No, for sure, it's super insightful. 
Yeah. You know, but we, we let past experience kind of taint future experiences too, which is yeah. Not a and people's way to live. opinions too. Like I think there's a lot of it. Like you know, oh, people are like, stuff. oh, I've heard about that. Oh, me too. Like if someone like, oh, he's a dick, and I'm like, why? Like, well, I heard this, and it's like, well, what? No, no. Like you got to make yeah. that experience on your own. Like, how did that person treat you? In your interaction, yep. were they kind to you? Then, hey, that's all that you can judge them on. You can't judge them yep. on some other past relationship with some other person. No, for sure. And I think you have to take the stories you hear into consideration. Yeah. You know, in this industry, we got a lot of shady people. Sure, I've, totally. I've had great experiences with shady people, you know, and I was aware of the, the stories people were telling me, but they never crossed me. But I guess I would also hedge my best relationship where I wouldn't put them in a position where they could cross me in a bad way, right? Yeah. Aware. But not necessarily making the judgment. Dun, dun, dun. Three, two, one. Are we going to bring him back? We're having a little technical issue again, folks. Weird. We haven't had technical issues here for a long, long time. Uh, probably it's been, Jesus, at least 30 episodes now. So uh, we're having a little issues here with Lyndon. Uh, we'll try to get him back here. We're going to end this interview and uh, move on to our final interview. The man, the myth, the legend himself, Mr. Matt McGrath. Uh, so as soon as we can get Lyndon back on here and... Uh, da, da, da. Just one sec, folks. Dun, All right, folks, we're back really quickly. Uh, we're going to finish up with my man, Lyndon Whitlock, really quickly. Sorry about that. Thanks for uh, the patience here. Uh, thanks for, Matt, know, uh, your patience in the background, too. Um, yeah, so let's just finish this up, man. I, I don't know where we ended there. I, I, the internet rudely cut us off. <laughs> That's okay. No worries. I, I think we are just kind of talking about being positive, you know, being a positive role model for, for basically people in, in kind of, I guess your approach was a little bit different than mine. And, I guess yep. one thing I'll ask you before we kind of get out of here in an official way, uh, advice for people that, you know, athletes that do want to kind of get into the sport and 
maybe maybe do struggle to have that support structure around them, whether they're in a small town or a big city or whatever. What's the best way they can get a respect from a coach other than working hard? That's it. <laughs> you That's know, show it, up, yeah. be respectful. Um, you know, and be kind to your uh, your fellow students. But you know, respect. You gotta be in there and work hard. Um, and it doesn't mean the coach won't be respectful back to you and nice to you. But you know, to get real uh, attention and you know maybe unwarranted attention takes time. There's a lot yeah. of kids that I give uh, a lot of attention to that have earned it over the years, but it's way more than they would actually get from just going to a gym. You know. So it just takes time, and I think uh, be positive and just show up and have fun. For most most people in martial arts, it's just a, a lifestyle choice. Right? I would say yeah. probably ninety eight percent, maybe ninety nine percent. So just show up and enjoy it, and be uh, be around a good community of people that you know have chosen an alternate way of uh, fitness. Yeah, yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, because that's it's an alternate alternate way of fitness. That's exactly what it is. You know, at yeah. the end of the day, it's it's some people do CrossFit. Some people go to the gym and, and lift weights, but it's uh, the happiness that this sport can bring people, you know, like it can bring a lot of bullshit too, but the, the happiness that it can bring people, the smiles that it can bring people definitely can change your life in, in a hell of a good way. Yeah, and I think that's one of the funny things we've seen through COVID are the students messaging me saying, I never knew I needed jujitsu so much. I needed kickboxing so much. Nice. Because it, it does, uh, you know, it's like walking my dog. If I don't walk my dog, if things chewing on the walls being a jackass all day. Yeah. If I take her for a walk, she's fine and civil and healthy. So I think uh, <laughs> for us as people, we need to be walked too. We need to get rid of some of that negative energy and we're better to go back to work and be healthy people. Yeah, very true, man. I think that's super important, you know, healthy people, you know, whether it's uh, just getting out for a daily walk, working out hard or fucking going for a run. It's it's important to be eat healthy, as healthy as you can within the budget that you have and and uh, do as much exercise as you can. It'll definitely bring a lot of smiles to your face, man. So get out there and join a, a local jujitsu club, or uh, if you're in the Oakville area, get out and join. Well, you can't right now probably join Parabellum. No, not right now. Hopefully <laughs> yeah. soon. Fingers crossed. <laughs> any uh, any quick shout-outs you want to give out there, man, or do you any sponsors or anything like that? No, no. <laughs> All right, perfect. I didn't figure the fighting days are done. So <laughs> They are long behind me. Yeah, that's right. All right, man. Well, I want to um, I want to really appreciate uh, you jumping on here very much for us and uh, and doing what you've done for Canadian MMA. You're you're a guy that I've seen for a long time and, and looked up to. So thank you. And uh, Matt just shot me a message in the background uh, that says, "Make sure you say hello to Lyndon for me too." So <laughs> say hi to him for me too, please. I, I will. Awesome, man. Thanks. Uh, keep doing what you're doing, producing high level athletes up there and producing a great gym at uh, Parabellum MMA. Lots of love to you, man. Thank you. Hopefully we see you soon. All right. Take care. There you have it, folks. Bye-bye. Mr. Lyndon Whitlock, another great guy, a talented martial artist based out of uh, Hamilton, Ontario, in Parabellum MMA. Let's get into our final interview, folks, uh, one that I've been pretty excited to, to have on for a long time. Uh, Matt McGrath, a guy, man, if you don't know him in, in Canadian MMA, then uh, you should. Uh, he's the belt collector, we call him. A uh, good Pictou County native. He's uh, a three-belt uh, welterweight title holder in Canadian MMA, uh, a guy who's done a hell of a lot for the East Coast scene and Canadian MMA in general, uh, dominated the Canadian scene for quite a while. Um, a record of 18 and 10 fought the who's who uh, in MMA and uh, now located, well, obviously always in Charlottetown for the last little bit. He's uh, he's a chef, full-time chef, full-time dad, full-time father. He does it all. 
uh, a great guy. So let's bring him on without further ado, Mr. Matt McGrath. How are you, sir? Hey, buddy. How are you? Good, good, man. Thanks so much for joining us. Appreciate it. How you been? Happy to be here. Oh, good. Just got home from camp this morning, so a little zoned. Kids wore us out. <laughs> I bet. Where were you camping? On the island? Yeah, just brewed now. Nice, nice. How's the island? I was over there uh, actually a week or so ago, man. I went to Cavendish for the day. It was beautiful. Oh, yeah. I mean, we've had heat warnings for about a week, and there's another week to come, so where else would you rather be during the summer? That's the truth. I couldn't agree. So uh, I guess let's get into it, Matt. And, you know, again, I want to thank you so much for joining us. And uh, I, uh, one thing I want to talk to you about, because I don't know uh, a ton of it. Like, obviously, I heard lots of stories between you and Jared and the early days, man, like, you know, involved in judo, like you guys, the early days of martial arts in, in Picto and then going on to the national judo team. And uh, how did you get involved in this whole kind of martial arts game, man, and, and kind of make it to where you did? Uh, well, I started with judo and, um, I'm not sure if Jared, I think Jared might have done some taekwondo or some other things before judo, but he, he took judo kind of serious. It was kind of like his first really serious martial art. And for a lot of years, it's just him and I going to Kano Kai judo club, doing our reps ourselves. Uh, neither one of us were ever on the national judo team, but like we didn't you go to training up there. Oh yeah. Like I, I lived in Montreal for a while and trained at Shido Can, which was a national training center oh, okay. at the time. Okay. And, Got a national medal and uh, a couple in the U.S. and stuff like that, but uh, was never on the national team. That's kind of a that's my a apologies. That's okay. <laughs> if, that's a diff different ordeal altogether. But for a lot of years, it was just Jared and I every day, and uh, just going up and uh, you know beating the crap out of each other for a couple hours, and then uh, heading off to tournaments. And and we had good support at the club, uh, but kind of at that time we were, we were kind of the only to at our level and really working hard from that club, you know? And, yeah. 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 And so yeah. what, where'd you transition into MMA? Uh, I was in my, like in my, Jared was uh, about 19, 20, 21, I guess even in around there, Jared had started, Peter and Kevin were kind of yeah. getting going with the jiu-jitsu thing on the floor at the palace after, <laughs> you know, and uh, they'd roll the mats out after Saturday night, it'd be Sunday morning and, uh, two or three times of the week and uh jared <laughs> jared started traveling up through uh through the week doing jujitsu and i i continued to compete pretty heavily at, at judo but i would uh i'd go with them every now and again jason mckay was another one who would travel up a fair bit at the time and uh mm -hmm. and then rorson wasn't far behind and uh i was i was kind of doing the jujitsu i liked it and i was doing pretty good at it and i was kind of doing it to help my judo you know because yeah. i wanted to not it kind of had a realistic goal at that point i was getting a little bit older and, and stuff i kind of i did all i wanted was a national medal and uh and uh yeah that, that's kind of and then I, I remember watching the very first ecc and um i was doing pretty good training with the boys at, at titans which kind of came along and uh i do fine with the guys training there and it was kind of a I don't know if it was a benefit or a hindrance sometimes that uh, like Roger and some of the big brutes there, I, I didn't, uh, I don't I don't know if I, I just treated them like I, like I treat Jared or anybody else. So I wasn't from Halifax, so I wasn't scared of them. So, yeah. you know, when I, when he grabbed me, I just threw him like anybody else. And nice. uh, anyway, we got to be uh, a pretty good team, pretty solid unit of Titans. And uh, I was training there for a bit and I watched the first couple of ECCs at the forum there. And, um, 
kind of by then, uh, you know, uh, judo is an amateur sport and it was costing you thousands of dollars a year. And I was like, you know, hockey players and, and the rugby players can fight in the cage down there and make a few hundred bucks and still train and still be fit and compete. And mm -hmm. I said, uh, I might as well do that uh, at this point. Cause I'm not going to the Olympics at 26, yeah. 27. So, uh, I started doing that and, uh, kind of stepped away from judo for a while and focused more on jujitsu. And for a long time, when I moved to, to PEI, I was still, uh, traveling over twice a week to train at Titans and stuff to get ready for fights and, uh, do what I could on my own with friends from here. And yeah, so that's kind of where the journey took, yeah. took me to MMA. I, I kind of would watch guys who never did anything in their life. And, uh, at that time, MMA was like, um, multiple disciplines but now it's a sport of its own yeah so, yeah it's it's you know. it, do you that's kind of interesting you say that because as a guy like yourself you know you're obviously competing at such a high level what changes do you like do you even watch it anymore matt like do you watch events now and you're like, like oh well, that's interesting how that's changed from like a couple um, years ago even i watch a lot of highlights and uh, I, I i always uh, like we were camping there so i couldn't watch anything last night but i definitely tuned in to get gavin's uh you know gavin was kind of coming into titans when i was sticking closer to home over here right and the yeah. children were coming so uh so i definitely uh got read the play-by-play -play and the update on his fight and i i try to when i kind of there's a canadian involved or someone that i really uh, uh admire or, you know like i yeah. i as much as I can, and a lot of the younger guys that I'm still kind of close with and, and help teach and coach and train with, that uh, they keep me up to date anyway. So, nice. they're like, they're always texting me, You see the fight? And I was like, No, <laughs> but fill me in. Yeah, yeah let me know. Yeah. Well, you're yeah. busy, man. Like I said, you know, you're full time uh, pretty much in everything. And, you know, it's, yeah. it's, I gotta like, so the decision obviously for you to retire couldn't have been an easy one, Matt. Um, but, do you look back on and you're like, oh man, like I wouldn't change that for the world now because obviously you get to spend so much more time with your family. A hundred percent. And it, it really, I mean, uh, my wife helped me make the decision big time. <laughs> she, she had been pushing on me for a, probably a few years, but things are going well and stuff. And really the icing on the cake was the last two fights. Cause I, um, one was a split decision to a loss to a guy from, I had won eight straight and then I, I lost a, a split decision to a guy from coconut Creek, Florida. Ryan and, Quinn, uh, yeah. yeah, Ryan Quinn. That's right. Yeah. But I, you know, um, a fisherman buddy of mine, he, he's got a good example where he says the work still has to be done. So when you go out fishing or you go lobster fishing, you still, whether you get any lobsters or not, the traps still got to come up. You still got to bait them. You still got to put them down. Well, whether you win or lose, you still got to put the training camp in mm. the time away from home and go to the fight. Right. And, and do the fight. And, uh, you know, obviously there's a different, uh, payday on whether you win or lose. And, um, yeah. I never, ever did it for, for the money, to be honest with you. Like it was, it was about like not costing our family money and about, uh, having some justification of putting in all that time for the training, but I keep pretty fit anyway. My weight really hasn't changed a whole lot since I've been 18 or 19. So yeah, you look like you're in damn good shape still, man. Sometimes I'll get a little out of control on the ice cream, but then, you know, I'll take a few days, do a few push-ups, and away you go. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. So. <laughs> well, it's like Lyndon said, like, how do you, you kind of, you know, you see random guys like Tim Sylvia or stuff like who kind of get a little bit bigger, but for the most part, like I think like yeah. you're a lifelong martial artist, right? So, yeah. you know, you're yeah. teaching full time now, but like, 
you know, on the mats every day. Let's get into that. Like, what's the school like? You're, you know, you're back teaching uh, full-time jujitsu and judo, I guess? MMA uh, No, no, we're, we're just quiet. We're not really doing anything at oh, my okay. place right now. Just, oh, okay. uh, yeah, we're just uh, – actually, I, I um, really took uh, Jared's lead there, and I was teaching uh, judo uh, three days a week with, with lots of help and uh, out of uh, a school in town. Oh, okay, and I, was okay. I was teaching jiu-jitsu out of another school. And we were running all the time uh, with the kids six nights a week and then tournaments and everything. Oh, yeah. jiu-jitsu tournament this weekend, judo tournament the next. So <laughs> I, uh, we decided to kind of, as this is Jared's quote, make your home your paradise. And we, we built a 1,200-square-foot academy right off my deck here. So, oh, wow. you know, we have, this, we have the same uh, setup as he does for the most part. It's finished like a it's It basically is a house. It's, it's actually bigger than our first house. So Wow. And uh, – anyway um big bear but, yeah <laughs> yes so just nice. walk off my deck and uh you know and uh people said you know we're a little bit too far out in the country we're only about 15 18 minutes from stratford so 20 minutes from charlottetown but uh we, we weren't too far people come out which which way matt like we're it'd be like on the stratford side and then it's kind of about 15 minutes east i guess east two, okay yeah yeah interesting so, interesting yeah. yeah that's that's good to know man like uh like jared's place man, i look up to that guy a lot and him and Morrison, and the way they carry themselves yeah. not just on the mats but just as men man like and i, I don't oh, yeah. i i don't know you as well matt but i also the same way man like to me anybody who can like your your raise a family and just like the humbleness of it man like who cares like yeah it's jared man doesn't like he doesn't have a bad thing to say about many people right and oh, i think that's no. an incredible way to carry yourself yeah, I'm. I, I think I'm the same for the most part. I, yeah. I even if even if I do have a bad thing to say, I, I usually keep it to myself. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um. It's it, like it's funny to say family because my dad for a lot of years, uh, where Sandy lives there is where uh, that's where Jared's family lived. So I'd be on his couch as many nights as he'd be on mine. We'd be just bringing yeah. around, and you know, he walking distance from my house, so we spent a lot of time together. Yeah, you definitely. That's I've heard random, like just cool stories of you guys kind of growing yeah. up doing that kind of stuff, and it's yeah. you know it's you guys have done a lot for MMA and in sports around here, man. Yeah, in Nova yeah. Scotia, it's it's quite remarkable for sure. Any any achievements that kind of stand out for you more so than others? Uh um, well, definitely I. Well, definitely, my uh, I got a, a a national medal in judo in two thousand and six in Winnipeg. That was one for sure. I won. Uh, used to have this big tournament in Buffalo, New York, AmCam International. I went to when I was a brown belt, and uh, I think nineteen ninety eight. Now I won. There was eleven hundred competitors, and I won that one. And then I went back in two thousand seven, and I won that too. No, I got second that year actually. But, and then uh, the belts, um, you know, it's funny. Uh, people used to come up to me before a fight all the time, and, and it didn't matter really who the opponent was. They'd always say, oh, yeah, are you excited? And I'd be like, I wouldn't say excited. I'm, I'm ready. You know, I'm focused. Um, yeah. I, li I, I like the lifestyle. I like the training and everything. And then uh, I wasn't excited to beat somebody up in the cage. And actually a few times in the cage and someone would squeal in pain, I'd just back off. I wouldn't let them up, but I'd back off until they said they were good, and then I'd – and it kind of feed them a little bit, you know. Yeah, just too nice, Matt. I I don't know. Um, and then uh, yeah, it was good. To, I remember Peter told me uh, he he put a, a a comment. I won those three belts exactly one year apart, you know, uh, from the first belt 
to the third belt was one yeah. year. Holy and then shit. I did, and then I defended all three of them in one year after that. Wow. So, uh, and, then, and then a few years before any of that, I, I took a fight on short notice against a guy from Ontario, Ian Shirley, a middleweight belt in Moncton. And uh, I was uh, falling asleep in the chair. It was 1 a.m. before uh, they called my name to go and fight. Oh, man. I don't know. I remember Jared. I think Jared was in my corner for that one. And I, the guy was covering his face so good, I couldn't hit him in the face. So I was just punching him in the chest. <laughs> Jared said I was just giving him the heart punch. I was trying to kill him. But I was like, no, I was just tired. I want to go to bed. <laughs> so, yeah, no, I, I, I enjoyed all of it. Um, yeah, probably the least favorite is definitely cutting weight, but get good at it after a while. I did miss weight a couple of times, but it was just complacentness. Once I got the science down, it was it was nothing to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess that would be the shittiest part for everybody. I guess for the most part, yeah. like it's. I'm sure it's come a long, long way too. You know, even in the last six I, months, you see all these people. Everything's so yeah. different. I remember walking into the sauna one time. I had taken a short notice fight in Gatineau, Quebec. At that time, there was no fights in Ontario because it was still legal there. And yeah. uh, and I walked into the sauna, and there's this guy in there. He was massive, and his hands were like that, like dull. <laughs> and I was like, "Man, that guy's huge. Who's who's fighting him?" And a friend of mine was like, "You are." <laughs> it was Caleb oh, Stearns. Shit. It was Caleb oh, Stearns. No. <laughs> Good old Caleb Stearns, man. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a that's a name that most people in Canada would know. I would think too. Yeah, to, yeah, big man. Like uh, he fought a heavyweight and did well, and uh, took it on short notice. I, I took a lot of fights, or maybe I should have thought them over, but I don't regret it. I had fun, and I was right in the mix the whole time, and I won some and I lost some, but yeah, I just wanted to test myself. Yeah, well, I guess that's a, you know, it's it's uh, most athletes that I talk to on this promotion or on this podcast, they're like. I don't really care. I just want to test myself. Some get pissed that they lose, but like as an athlete, a competitive athlete, they're like, I want to test myself. I don't like. If you're if you're afraid to lose, you're in the wrong uh, you're in the wrong business. Like you yeah. gotta you gotta let it go. And uh, I remember he did the interview. He did end up catching me in a rear naked choke later on in the fight. But I'm I, I it's, it's a tough guy to have a game plan on. He's yeah, a giant yeah. for one, and he's long, and he's. I look like a mouse beside. I remember he missed weight, and he come and he asked me, uh, oh, "What I love." Would have let him slide on the weight. I'm like, not a chance. You fought in the UFC, man. You know, like I was like, you know how to make weight. Yeah. Like, anyway, I do remember his post fight interview, and I, all my game plan was just hit him, and I was hitting him, cranking him <laughs> just right after right. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it wasn't like a one two or jab or five punch combination. It was like hand from the heel right on the button. And he, I remember him <laughs> commenting on that. His striking surprised me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's a little tougher yeah. than I thought. He said, "Yeah, it's yeah. man. The, the yeah. whole career of a, a fighter is is amazing to me. Like, and I, you know, I'm pretty green as a promoter. You know, we did one event. I've done lots of jujitsu yeah. events, but that's a different thing yeah. altogether. And uh, I'm always amazed, man. Like, how many people? Like, I say it over and over again, but how many people just want to fight, Matt? And like, I've gotten like yeah. no skills at all, man. They're just like, I'll fight that guy. Yeah, no problem. Like, what the fuck is wrong with you? You really? I want got to a fight funny stuff. I got a funny story. I'm not going to say any names, but it was a, a friend of ours training at a, a gym nearby and uh, a while back. And yeah. uh, his coach wanted him to do a fight. And uh, his mom was a, a friend of ours. And she said, uh, she said uh, she was worried about him. Um, he, you know, he was a big, strong kid. And I said, everybody's big and strong. Everybody's, you know, yeah. it's a weight division. It's a weight division thing. So 
Anyway, I took him to a jiu-jitsu tournament. He did fine. He never gets submitted or anything. He did good, but he he kind of got mauled a little bit and lost some points, and it, and it really yeah. opened his eyes. So it was it's if you can do that, like I, uh, Sago actually had a really good outlook. He did a pro boxing, a pro Muay Thai, some wrestling tournaments, jiu-jitsu tournaments, all before he ever did MMA. So he, you know, oh, really? I think you, I think you really have to experience uh, some kind of competition in a combative sport before you decide to to jump in the cage. <laughs> Yeah, fuck. Yeah. What, yeah. What's the what's the first? Do you remember th any thoughts you had? Like as as you went, you're a little bit more comfortable. Do you, but do you remember the thought that that you had the first time you ever did it when you got my in first? There? I remember my first fight exactly. Yeah, I uh, actually I fought a guy from PEI. He was 34 years old, and I was <laughs> I was probably 27. I think no, 20 26 or 27, something like that. I don't know. Check your dog. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I, uh, I was like way overtrained, and I was running like 15k three times a week. And I was, I mean, it was more like the Titans old school training. There's no way I was going to gas. And I was, mm -hmm. uh, um, didn't really wasn't su never been super analytical my whole life. So I, I, you know, whatever they told me to do, I do it. I remember, he, um, I mean, say what you want about Rob, but he was a great coach as well. Sure, and a yeah. great part of that team, and he had a ton of depth and. Uh, I um, I remember I, I remember he put me through a CrossFit workout and and uh, I was dying, but I did it. I did it and I did it and I was soaked and uh, but I, I you know I, under direction I'm great. And then um, my first fight, so I fought a guy named James Landrigan, super nice guy from Cardigan. Yeah. I don't think he I don't think he competed in anything a whole lot. He was a kickboxer and. Uh, yeah, I was pretty tight and nervous, hands up high, you know. I didn't want to get hit or I didn't want to get hit. Yeah. I, I'd, I'd really been in very few street fights my whole life, to be honest with you. I bounced at lots of bars and maybe hit two guys, three guys yeah. my whole life. But And uh, I shot in, I swear, I was a mile away and double-legged him and then just <laughs> mounted him. And honestly, I think it was 12 to 6 elbows I just kept throwing on him and then the the ref stopped it, but I was just, I was pretty wound tight, but I, I remember like it was yesterday. That's cool. Yeah. It's a, yeah. well, some people, I always ask cause some people are like, fuck, what did I do? And then other people are kind of yeah. like that, right? Just like, remember your little Titan. I'm sure every, every, like, you know, again, I'm not, I'm not a great competitor, but, and I, me, per, me personally, sorry, I don't get better every time I compete. It's like, I get worse actually. But huh. as an athlete, most people seem to like get better. Was that obviously, something that like every fight you noticed that you're a little calmer or did it just one fight it clicked and you were just good to um, go? oh def definitely calmer um instead of like you know training a little bit different every time trying to trying to train a little maybe a little smarter i had like uh paul's coach and stuff and came here and i didn't have to i didn't have to work from 5 30 in the morning until 1 30 in the afternoon and then drive three hours to halifax and train and tights yeah. and then drive home twice a week and you know that 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 gets old fast and uh yeah you know um but uh yeah just smarter i guess train smarter and better direction and stuff no do you think there's, there's no better training just smarter just smarter training. yeah work harder not smarter yeah. I guess. or no work smarter not harder <laughs> yeah. um, work smarter yeah. not harder yeah, yeah. i've yeah. always i've always been good at working hard but i try to get smarter and even even like in the club role and stuff i don't mind putting myself in a bad position and then when i get caught mm -hmm. i'm like okay and i try and break it down and i just keep putting i don't avoid that position i just keep going to the same position until i figure it out and 
you know, um, or, or if something clicks. Yeah, something clicks eventually. But, uh, you know, obviously those uh, those fights where you get hit in the button and you're kind of out of it, well, you're not, you're not learning anything then, right? But there yeah. are a few fights I look back. I might have tweaked or changed a little thing. But, you know, as, as far as retiring, that that's not something I'd look back and change at all. Nice. Yeah. Well, and that's good, man, because you can't really hold it. Like at the end of the day, you can, you put your best foot forward and whatever happens, yeah. happens. Right? Yeah. And yeah, exactly. It's, yeah. It is what it is, man. Hmm. Yeah. Um, do you think there's limitations being out here? Like you said, you know, driving three and a half hours because, you know, some people are like, Oh, Ontario, they have so many more opportunities, but well, you, you'll still hear lots of people like just like Lyndon, all you, themselves and Niagara work together. It's still a two hour drive to Niagara, but uh, there, I don't think there's limitations, limitations a little on the East coast. Yeah. Most little. times though, most times though, I think that, uh, you know, they, the guys down the East and I'm saying East, I'm saying like Ontario East are yeah. a little grittier and, and, uh, not taking anything away from out West, but and there's guys like Jordan Maine that definitely stand out, you know, but, uh, um, they, they, those guys do well. Like, so I, 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 I don't know. They, I get three hour drive. We had Halifax is depth. Like it, it just depends yeah. where uh, it depends on the group you have, I guess. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, I that's think. it, man. Like J Jared and I talk about that all the time, but like, look at our events, all these jujitsu events that yeah. all the, like, man, like, like a lot of these guys would come down they'd be like, I'm going to smash all your maritime guys. And they come yeah, down exactly. and, right? and I'd never yeah. say anything, but I just want to be like, fuck you, man. There you go. Like come down here. Hey, East coast guys are pretty tough. Yeah. Oh yeah, girl. definitely. Although there's tons of depth in jiu-jitsu now in Atlantic Canada. Looking, I remember when the only two black belts in uh, Halifax was Kevin and Peter. Now look at it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's hard yeah. to believe, man. Yeah, did so, you see Pete last night on the TV? Oh, you know you're camping. No, I was, uh, couldn't couldn't pick it up in the pop up. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 No, Gavin looked yeah. good. Peter looked good. They're all. It's uh, yeah. I read. I read the. I read everything today. So it's it's came a long way. Yeah. He's really? uh he, he works hard and uh I think he should he should have a, a good good career there continue on with it and keep doing well it was a good win for him I thought yeah I th I think so too you know it's the guy fought at one seventy it's hard to believe man the guy said he's yeah. the toughest weight cut I ever did in my life which would make sense I, I would say yeah like, I would say <laughs> he only fought a month ago I think too so um, yeah, wow. yeah pretty pretty big turnaround what uh what was it like fighting you know because I. I, I, again, first and foremost, like I'm a fan of the sport. So I look back, like just when I was getting involved in the sport, it was kind of like, you know, cubicle, the cage just finished. Yeah. You're, you're kind of uh, like yourself and Roger and TJ and, and yeah. Gavin was just getting started. Kaleidus and everybody was just kind of in the yeah. mix here. Do you think uh, we'll ever get MMA back? Cause I look at hockey too, right? Like when I grew up, there was like where I, you know, it was Colin White, John Sim, where I grew up in Brad yeah. Richardson. Do you think it'll ever get back to that level, or do you think that was the peak here? Um, I don't know. It's, it's, uh, I, I think it comes down to coaching too, right? So, uh, I mean, it was really uh, Peter and Kevin and Rob that was, you know, kind of, you know, names like uh, where the club was in that area. Like you had to, the the Holla Boys and, and Ralph was around the time, right? He's gone now. And uh, it kind of drew a lot of people into the gym, right? Um, and, uh, but I think some, I think uh, there'll be new breeds for sure. And I think that, uh, you know, like I have, I have probably six or eight guys and, and, a, and a girl that's uh, definitely interested. Some guys with fights and uh, still working hard. So, um, 
it just uh, depends on coaching and uh, team atmosphere. Guys want to help each other and uh, not having too many chiefs in one kitchen. Yeah. Yeah. That's and consistency. I think too, you know, at that point, how many events were going on a year? Like Peter was banging them off like three or four yep. events, you know, with good crowds and good fights too. But I think at that time he was the only one. Right. And then New Brunswick and then they, uh, elite one and they, they were great to me and stuff. But I, I kind of was like a gypsy. I was kind of going wherever I couldn't. It was hard to, hard to get fights for a long time, right? So uh, I think, think it will. Sorry, go ahead. So you think that's the best way to do it? I think, like me personally, I think that's the best way to do it. Like if you're a fighter, get take the opportunities you can. Absolutely. Absolutely. And then my, my, my way of thinking was, well, if I get a title, I have to defend it, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, that's another a fight for next year. That's a fight for next year. So then if I win another belt, I got to defend it. Well, that's two fights next year. Yeah, thinking ahead. Uh, very smart. Very smart. A lot of people yeah. don't do that. Like, did you did you treat yourself as a business all along? Kind of, yeah. My own, just but yeah, kind. Of, I, I had a ton of support from the island here. A ton of ton of sponsors yeah. and friends of mine and stuff like that. I, I really had no issues as far as paying the bills and training. That was that was like you know. After a while, I, I there was a few fights I I get sponsored, but I would never not carry that sponsor over and uh, and fights would get canceled and then i'd always carry them over but uh for for the last number of fights there's people phoning me gave me sponsorship and i was like this awesome. is great i don't have to do nothing yeah <laughs> even better here's your t-shirt thank you yeah yeah <laughs> well a lot of that goes on you're successful at how you carry yourself too i think is a, yeah. you know a lot of that kind of stuff yeah. i noticed with again going back to our first event like some guys i dealt i'm like are you kidding me like for real? You've been in this sport that long and that's how you're going to act? Come on. Yeah, yeah, on. definitely. No, definitely like that's yeah. not. But, you know, everybody's different, I guess, right? So, do you think there'll ever be MMA over there? You know, I'm, I'm all even do jiu-jitsu event. Like I'm dying to do something over there, but I don't know. I don't know. I I I, I um compare I lived in Great Britain for a couple of years and traveled all over Europe and stuff when I was uh, in my early 20s. And um I compare PEI to uh the Royal, the United Kingdom or Great Britain. I, I was like with, with technology and, uh, medicine and, uh, you know, things like that. And, you know, um, right up there with everybody else. Right. But when it comes to, you know, having cam pop takes a long time to get here, <laughs> yeah, yeah. you know, yeah. I just, uh, sometimes the way of thinking is a little bit, uh, yeah. I, I see a logical, uh, you know, uh, you have an event, it brings people to the hotels and the restaurants so uh but uh it's it's up to uh it's up to the government and i know people have lobbied and tried and um it, it hasn't happened to date so yeah kicking a dead horse almost sometimes but, sometimes you know, yeah yeah it's, yeah it's interesting is that where when you started traveling but i, I know i want to i don't want to take up too much of your time you you got a no, couple months running around there too i'm sure um, um, you, you, oh okay cool when, when you were traveling, is that when you kind of picked up the whole chef thing? If anybody isn't aware, Matt's a, a professional chef as well. <laughs> I uh, followed a girl, um, and uh, she was going to go to uh, Ireland originally, and, and uh, we were dating. And um, um, so we kind of we we were we went. I said, "Oh, I want to come too." So yeah. uh, I and uh, anyway, uh, then we, it was harder to get into Ireland. So then we went to. Great Britain had a two-year working holiday visa, and um, and I worked all over different places, waitered and 
did a lot of different things. And yeah. uh, one of them was cooking in the kitchen and uh, at a few different places. So then when I, we eventually, then when I got home, I um, took a corrections course and didn't work out. So then I kind of quickly regrouped. I wasn't 21 anymore and uh, it was time to be a grown up. And I just yeah. went to culinary school over here in PEI and uh, I was like, I can do this. And I got 13 years into the province. So yeah, there we go. It's hard time goes. That that is like uh, time flies, but also a good yeah. lesson of you know you can you know switch the old the old word of business pivoting right yeah. like or yeah you know, retrained or re yeah I did it now. I did I did it some in in Europe and I was like it wasn't that bad I mean it's hot a little bit in the summer it's no big deal yeah and I'm pretty I'm pretty spoiled because uh, I I work uh, right now I'm between a mental hospital and the QEH and uh, I'm in an air conditioned room for a lot of the days so it's great <laughs> <laughs> nice did that yeah. did that obviously you're in those kind of positions there's probably not is there a lot of creativity for what you're doing no. are you managing big meals like big like um, volume bigger numbers and you basically just have uh your duties to do and you do them and that's it's all unionized and no it's not a lot of creativity but um i'm uh i just go in and do my job and if anybody needs help i'll help but other than that i'm going home we're done and I don't work nights or evenings, so it's pretty good for family. Yeah, so. yeah. nine to five kind of and, and five, a government wage too. So yeah, good for you. Well, it's important, man. And it's, it's yeah. I remember, you know, Jared and I were talking about this, and like back in the day, like when you were fighting, because it's how many fighters have that to rely on? Yeah, not probably not, not too a many. lot. Not yeah. a lot, right? Like you did yeah. it smart. Like you always had something to kind of rely on. You gotta, you know, like I. If I if I had to do it, you'd almost have to have no family and put that time in. I was basically working two full time jobs for yeah. about twenty eight fights, so <laughs> I was training probably between thirty and forty hours a week. I was working easily between forty and fifty hours a week, and uh, it, was, it was busy. But I enjoyed both, and now I working full time still, and uh, instead of uh, training that much, I still am training, but I, I'm just teaching, you know. Yeah. Coaching. We'll have to get a little. Uh, we'll have to get a little squad over there. Jared and I and Rorson will have to drive over. Yeah, we planned. We planned on getting together, and COVID happened, and now the world's scared to sneeze in public. Oh man, I hear you there. It's. I was at the grocery store the other day, and buddy was. He had. He had a mask on, but he was sneezing. He didn't know what to do. So he was, they kept the. He was covering the mask, so his sneeze would have been all over his face. Yeah. Poor guy, man. Yeah, we've been. At him. <laughs> yeah, we've been pretty lucky over here. So. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Well, it's you know it's a beautiful place over there. We we're lucky here in the East Coast too. It's yeah. Everybody, everybody, everybody can. I think we just kind of keep following the rules, I guess. But the rules are, you know, you can sit and complain about it, but fuck, no one wants to hear it. So just I guess at yeah. the end of the day, do do what you're supposed to do. Like, but I know my girlfriend doesn't want to hear it anymore. I know that much. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Can't put on yeah. any fights. Don't care. Don't give a shit one yeah. minute anymore. Yeah. <laughs> so, exactly. Any, uh, before I let you go, any man, like, again, from a guy like you've been at this at the highest level, any advice for kids kind of coming up in our area that kind of want to get to the level that you have, uh, or might want to get in contact with you or, or just have a, I guess, a goal in mind, you know, when it comes to MMA. I think, I think you should definitely have a, um, some type of base, whether you're, uh, whether it's jujitsu or what boxing or ju judo, rest, freestyle, rest, anything, you, I, I definitely think uh, um, you should have some type of base. Uh, um, especially um, 
it's funny you said that about the East Coast because uh, there's not a lot of gyms you can just go in and do MMA five nights a week yeah. on the East Coast, right? <laughs> so, no. uh, Parabellum, sure. I, I yeah. know. I, I, heard, I saw your interview with uh, Lyndon there. That's a place, London, Ontario. Absolutely, you can uh, you can do probably MMA five days a week, right? Anywhere, pretty much anywhere in Toronto. Um, yeah. When there's no pandemic, but anyway, um, I think you definitely need a definitely need some type of base. Um, I'd recommend uh, any grappling art uh, or any striking art. Um, if you're an athlete, you can transition easily, mm. and if you're willing to work hard and be patient, it seems like. Uh, you know, if you think about, if you ask someone the question, um, you know, I'm sure you saw uh, see this question a million times, especially with Mike Tyson hitting pads like a madman on Facebook nowadays. They, they, people always say Muhammad Ali will beat Mike Tyson or beat the newest champion. But if you look at hockey, typically, the, the overall, the athletes are better now. They yeah. train smarter. They train. They train smarter, and uh, there there was no strength and conditioning, or very little, when uh, Mark Messi and Wayne Gretzky were playing for the Oilers. They just played yeah. hockey. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, good so, so fa fast forward thirty years, and now these guys are fine tuned athletes before the season starts. They're going to be faster. The slap shot's going to be harder. So it's the same in every discipline. So we're talking about MMA now um the guys are going to be training younger they're going to be taking more time before they accept fights and i think it's good because it makes everybody better you know um that sometimes uh, uh having heart can be the last thing so if you if you do everything else right you don't need that much heart to, to get you that much further you know what i mean but being smart with the fights you pick and uh just being patient and Get a job. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There you go. That's great yeah. advice, Matt. You yeah. know, from a guy who's done it and, and done it the right way. That's, you know, be patient, take good fights, and, and get a job, man. Support yourself while you're supporting this journey. It's even like us with a promotion. Like, if people think that we're sitting here every day just relying on this promotion to make us money, fuck, the, the, no, I have a life yeah. outside of this, a job that actually has to make money for your passion. Yeah. And so until Definitely. we get to where we're, we're at, where we can make money. So uh, yeah. great advice, man. And it's great to catch up with you. It's been a, a hell of a long time. So I appreciate it and, and glad to see you're kind of training at home with a new spot. I like that. We got to get over. We'll see you soon. All right, buddy. Thanks for joining us. There you have it, folks. The legend himself, Canadian champ. <laughs> the see, buddy. Doctor. see you, buddy. Awesome. Matt McGrath, great guy, uh, a guy I look up to a lot. He's done a lot for our community here in Pictou County, Nova Scotia, and Canadian MMA. So uh, thanks for tuning in, folks. Great show tonight. Uh, again, thanks to our sponsors at Maritime Madness. Check them out online, MaritimeMadness.com. Uh, tune in tomorrow night, episode 99, and then Tuesday night, episode 100. We have Braulio Estima, the legendary grappler, Frank Trigg, the UFC Hall of Famer, Mark Hominick, the Canadian assassin, another Hall of Famer, in the making, maybe Canadian MMA Hall of Fame and uh, Stuart Cooper. So fantastic episode lined up as well as hopefully the, the owner and operator founder of uh, Team Envisage pre-workout coffee, as you can see here, over here. All right, folks, thanks for joining me. We'll see you tomorrow night. As always, lots of love. If you're going to be anything in this world, be kind, except don't be Ellen. She's a bitch. Thanks for tuning in and make sure to hit that subscribe button. As always, thanks to our friends and sponsors.
without you, none of this is possible. <laughs>